longtime friend of mine. Uh, had the luxury of knowing him for a long time throughout my whole basketball career. Played with him for a couple years. Um, man, I, like this is like a brother to me. It's like it's like family. Uh, his parents are like family to me, and you know we really have a close relationship. And I'm glad that we have that relationship as well. All right, so. I mean, you're playing overseas right now. How's the season going so far? Like, what country are you in? Um, I'm out here in Austria. Austria. I love it, man. It's it's nice. I got uh, playing with a great team, great group of people, a great organization. Um, right now, we started off. Uh, they one and zero in the cup. Right now, we're in the first round, one and one in regular season lost our first game in like double overtime by like six or something like that but just won our first uh on our second regular season game last night so how long is, how long is it, the season actually how many games do you got played throughout the season i think it's 19 regular season games and then there's uh playoffs i think it's three rounds um it's uh wait Best of three, E-Series. It's best, it's best of three in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. So, uh, what's the hardest thing? What's the hardest thing to adjust to when you play overseas? You said, is it like the culture, the level of competition, maybe? That's For you. I mean, I, I mean, you can adjust to anything, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, what's... What's the, what's the biggest challenge, like, within your game that you got to adjust to? Because I know the rules are different out there because I played in Montreal and mm-hmm. that three point line is far away. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's a lot I mean, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it that makes it difficult. I think honestly the first thing, the most obvious thing, uh, the hardest part about adjusting overseas is just being away from white people. Right? Like, you know, right. playing in the States and in college you got people that can talk support you at all times you got people that you can talk to on the daily you know when you're having bad days you got people you gotta um support system around you but when you're out here overseas you're kind of on your own like it's just you and you have to be okay with that you know and uh, i think that's probably the first and most obvious part that's hard to adjust to um and then as far as basketball goes i mean the adjustment really is more mental and physical I believe like for me personally it wasn't a question of skill or you know physicality or anything like that it's just the game is different right and they play it differently you got to be a little bit smarter to be able to play over here and I think that was one of the the biggest adjustments for me I learned a lot last year my first year I had a good coach over there who taught me you know Taught me a lot just about how to see the game and see the floor differently. And, you know, once that started to click, it got a lot easier, I believe. But I think, yeah, those yeah. are two things. It's just mentally, the game is different and being away from family and stuff like that. Where was you at last year? Last year I was in Serbia. Serbia. So is this like a, a level up from Serbia? Um, Actually, no. So Serbia was a. Well, actually, I don't. Honestly, I can't really say. I don't know for sure. But Serbia, I was playing the top division of Serbia last year, um, which is a really good league. So based off what I've been told, it's a good league to start out and get your feet wet, you know, stuff like that. But um, 
here in Austria, I'm actually playing in the second division, sort of like trying to help this team promote up to first division and play with them in the first division next year. Okay. So, I'm that. so I would say the competition, honestly, is not as good as it was in Serbia last year. But, I mean, the challenges are all still the same. I mean, people can still hoop no matter where you're at, really. Right, right, facts. And that's what's up, man. So before you went overseas, you used at St. Leo, a thousand points score at St. Leo. Uh, you was a monster, uh, a conference, a conference player. Uh, what, describe your experiences at uh, St. Leo, man. Being in Florida, St. Leo was amazing. <laughs> I was truly blessed. Yeah. I was truly blessed to be able to get a chance to play there. You know, and especially you know, I transferred there my sophomore year. It was just different being from, you know, my freshman year I went to Navy and. Yeah. The experience I kind of had there, you know, it's just not really feeling wanted. Yeah. But then yeah. I go to St. Leo, and it's a complete different life. You really, like, I, I made a family there at St. Leo. Like, those guys really love me. Not to say that the people I named didn't love me, but it was just different. You know, right. it was different The coaching staff. Like, I played under Coach A, who was, I mean, I mean, that's my guy. You know, he, uh, <laughs> He taught me a lot, and uh, it wasn't always easy. You know, he was definitely hard on me all the time, but you could tell that the love was there, and that he wanted me to succeed not only on the court, but off the court as well. Not only in school, but in my relationship and stuff like that. Like, there was just so, there was a whole other dynamic being there at St. Leo, and that was amazing for me personally. Right. Yeah, nice. yeah I, I, know, I know you was having a ball, man. We used to chat back and forth at times when you was at St. Leo, and you know, it's just a testament that you you just you just had a great career there. Uh, but before you went to St. Leo, like you say, you went to Navy. Um, this, like, I know you did just a little bit. Like, describe the experiences at Navy a little bit, man. And uh, how is it different from everything else, man? Did you like y'all was on a strict schedule, right? Like, was it? Yeah. I'm trying. It's, it's, yeah, I'm trying to understand because y'all was playing basketball, right? But y'all was doing some some other stuff. Like describe that. Yeah. So, maybe honestly, was one of the hardest things I've ever done <laughs> in my life. In my life, bro. So getting there. Yeah. Getting there first off. I mean, you go through the six weeks of plebe summer, which is basically like boot camp, right? Yeah. You go there. They take your phone for six weeks. You don't get. You don't get to talk to nobody. You got read and write letters every now and then, but wow. it's, it, they shave your head off, I was bald, I didn't like that at all, <laughs> it was just, it was rough, man, that, it was another mental challenge, like, honestly, physically, stuff wasn't as challenging, like, it's normal stuff that we do working out on a day-to-day basis preparing mm-hmm. for basketball, but mentally, they treat you, like, they're trying to break you from being a civilian and get you into that military mindset. And a lot of this stuff they do is they want to break you all the way down mentally and emotionally and then kind of build you back up over the years. So as a freshman, like, you don't get to do it. You don't get to listen to music. You don't get to watch movies. Can't listen to music before the game? Can't listen to music, none of that stuff. I mean, before the game? Okay, as a basketball player, you can kind of get some stuff like, it was a little bit different. But, like, as a regular student there, bro, like, when you're in your dorm room, not allowed to be listening to music, not allowed to be on there watching movies, can't play video games, can you do your school, you do your military stuff, 
and that's it. Like, that's it. So, and then on top of that, they got these weird rules, like when you're in the dorm rooms, like, as a freshman, you gotta be running through the hallways, and then you gotta make 90 degree angles every time you wanna turn left, turn right. You gotta yell, sir, go Navy, sir. Like, there's so much stuff that be going on that's just like, you gotta ask to go use the bathroom. You gotta be escorted to the bathroom. Like, you can't just go use the bathroom whenever you wanna go use the bathroom. Like, it's all types of stuff is just kind of like breaking down. Cause, you know, as a senior in high school, you're like, okay, I'm finally about to be a man now. Like, I'm about to be on my own. Right. Now you get treated like a little kid again. And it's like, this is, it's not what you expect going right. on be you know in college and stuff like that so I, I bet before you committed to the Navy was there anybody else like in the picture that you thought you was gonna go honestly um no I didn't really get recruited that much by many D1 schools but all like, he needs to be you know he got to get stronger yeah this that like oh he's skilled but he's not strong enough to play D1 right? I know specifically Marquette came and watched me play and text my coach after like, oh, he's a great player, but it, was that Nationals when it came once you played? Or was that Navy, was it later? Yeah, Navy was there. They saw my junior year. Our junior year when we was playing the Nationals. They came Florida, and Florida was there too, right? Florida was there I don't know. I don't know if they was there watching me. They they might have been there watching somebody else. I didn't start they wasn't watching me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start watching Florida until my senior, after I'd already committed to Navy, a lot of other schools like Florida, Virginia Tech, Houston, like those schools started talking, but I had already committed at that point. And Virginia Tech actually offered me three days before I had to leave to go to Navy because I had to leave, like, I think, I guess that's six weeks before school started, which would have been cool, but I was like, at this point, I'm already in the Navy. I didn't know Navy was going to be as bad as it was going to be, so I was like, right. I and it was like, if you go there, you play well as a freshman, boom, you can come to V Tech next year. I'm like, cool, that's perfect. Go down to Austin, get to Navy, and ain't play at all. So, it's a little different. Well, this, real, uh, real quick, don't you think some athletes, like, in our class or just in any generation, do you think they get caught up in, like, going to the big name instead of going to uh, a college that is best suited for them? Because that can really derail your career down the wrong way do you feel like that's like still going on because i feel like it is i see it all the time and yeah. and then and then you just you just learning that uh or end up knowing that oh he's going to transfer in the next few years and he does and then some some people transfer like four times and it's crazy but when you when you go to the college that is best suited for you uh uh right out, out of high school you're not gonna have that problem you know what i'm saying yeah i think what a lot of people get caught up in is, I mean, like, they get caught up in the hype and, you know, social media nowadays, everyone's comparing themselves to somebody else, right? So right. they want to make their path be the same as somebody else's. And I got caught up in that, too. That's probably why I went D1 right away. And I tip. Right. It's one of those things where, like I was saying, the difference between Navy and St. Leo is you want to go where you're wanted, right? Right. Look back at it now, like, when I compare how I got recruited by Navy, I, I was really dealing with the assistant coaches a lot, right? Never really had any coaches. And the difference when I, when I got to St. Leo was kind of like, 
I was, you could see the team, I mean, when I got to Navy, you could see the team was kind of broken up based on which coach they got recruited by, right? So the head coach, he had his guys, the assistant coach had his guys, the other assistant coach had his guys, and it was kind of like, you would really see the head coach's guys played the most, right? Those were his guys. Then the head assistant coach would kind of plug in his guys, and they would get so many minutes. And the other assistant coach, they wouldn't get that many minutes. And it was just, it was weird to see how political it was versus when you get to St. Leo, as a D2 school, right? We still had four or five coaches, but the head coach, all of you guys are my guys, right? I want all of you here for a specific reason. And whoever's the best out of you guys is going to play. Not whoever I brought here is going to play or whoever he brought here is going to play. And I think, like, when you're getting recruited, you want to go into a situation where, like, that head coach wants you more than anything else because that's obviously what's going to lead you to getting on the floor. Oh, yeah, for sure. If that, yeah. if that head coach wants you, that's where you want to go because the head coach, at the end of the day, that's the one who's making all the decisions. And right. I think you need to value that more over than you know how just going there because of the name. Yeah. Like I, I just seen I just seen guys choose the wrong college and it it messed up their career so much that you know they uh, they limited their opportunities after college because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of good there's a lot of good players that are that went Division two and that are better than Division one players. Mm-hmm. There's some Division One players that should have went Division Two, but they end up going Division One because you know they want that that D one attention. And I feel like there's other ways to get to your ultimate goal. Like one of my friends that I went to high school with, he plays for the Colts right now, but he went D two. You know what I'm saying? He he made that 53 man roster by uh, by going to D two college. Malone he went he went to college with Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, so it's just crazy, man. That is, it's true. I, honestly, I'll tell you, there's not much, there's not much difference between, like, low major and top-tier Division two programs. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot of teams. Like, I mean, there's teams yeah. in the conference, like, very deep. Miami University and Florida State and all these years in their ex- exhibition games. The same year Florida State went to go to the Final Four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, so it's like you see the difference with it. Like there's guys in D two that man, they can hoop. They can hoop. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you go because yeah, anywhere you go, I mean, them guys can play. And you know, there's a lot of it. Like I said before, it's political. Some of it's exposure. Like there's a lot of reasons why you can't have that D two, and that's okay. And that's one thing that I don't think people realize that in high school. I know I didn't personally. But it's okay. Like, D2 is not... You can still do everything you want to do coming out of D2. Now, you're not going to get the same amount of attention. But at the end of the day, you put in the work and you, you show out in the area that you're in. Right. You're going, people are going to find you. The right people will find you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so, I mean, obviously, you had a great career. Um, you still plan. Uh, what's your uh, perspective on mental health uh, as an athlete, too? what athletes that they generally go through with mental health and where you think, where it stands on today, what's your perspective? I'm, in, I'm interested to hear your yeah. you know, your uh, opinion about it. I think a lot of it 
comes down to knowing yourself. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to mental health for me. Like, if, like we were talking about before, getting so caught up in comparing yourselves to other people, right? Living up to other people's expectations and not really being 100% secure in who you are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It can cause you to, that stuff can lead to depression, it can lead to anxiety, it can lead to fear, it can lead to all these mental problems that you can have. But I think it all stems back to being secure in who you are and, you know, kind of knowing, like, okay, what I'm doing has nothing to do with anybody else, right? What I'm doing is for me, and I'm doing what makes me happy at the end of the day. I'm not living or playing or doing any of this stuff for anybody on the outside watching that has expectations for me. I'm not doing this for the coaches. I'm not doing this for my teammates. Like, I'm doing this because this is what I enjoy, right? And then I think kind of that perspective is what has helped me, I think, a lot of times because I get caught up in the same stuff too, like trying to please everybody else, whereas, you know, I just need to sort of focus inward and say, okay, it's what I'm doing making me happy. It's what I'm doing what's best for me. And at the end, they shut down all the noises on the outside. And I think that'll help with a lot of the mental health problems that we have, or what athletes have nowadays, because it's easy to get caught up in that stuff. Yeah, man. Like I'm saying. Bro, yeah, all the time, yeah. So so what, uh, describe the, the toughest moment you ever went through throughout your career or encountered, and how'd you get through it? <laughs> toughest moment? Honestly, the toughest moment... ABS Tank Leo or uh, Davey. You making up, you making up, you you know, you making your bed up at Davey at six in the morning. (laughs) That's a tough question. I mean, Navy honestly was incredibly challenging because of like the military stuff for one, but I also wasn't playing at all, right? Which is Uh, specifically because, I mean, throughout, I've been playing varsity as a freshman, so I have all these expectations of how good I am in my own mind, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get to Navy and I kind of realize, okay, I'm not really as prepared as I thought I was, right? Mm-hmm. So having to deal with that sort of, um, I don't know what the word is, but I was the disappointment in myself and in the situation was really hard for me because I was like, I don't even know, like, do I even like basketball anymore? Do I even, like, do I even care about what happens next? And, you know, this career, like, should I just quit and just be a, a, a Navy midshipman? Like, just go into the Navy, you know, be an officer in the Navy. They make good money, you know, and, like, I contemplated just being done with basketball because I'm like, I don't understand why I'm not good enough. Right. I was going through the same thing. That was, that was probably the hardest part for me is being able to, like, kind of pick myself back up and tell myself, hey, regardless of how it looks right now, we're just going to work and get ourselves out of the situation. And like, going to St. Leo, I was like, I was upset at that too. It was like, in my mind, I'm still looking at like, man, now I'm going D2. Like, this is yeah. my over with now. Like, I'm yeah. like, play this week old basketball. It's not mm-hmm. the same as D1. Like, I'm telling myself all this stuff until I get there and I'm like, okay, like, I still... I still got it. These dudes are still good, just as good as the people I was playing against and the same people on my team. Like, I'm like, okay. And you can still be that guy. 
Yeah, and that kind of, you know, not giving up when things didn't go my way. That was kind of the first time things really didn't go my way. And I think that challenge was hard enough. And being able to get through that kind of prepared me for everything else that any other negativity that comes my way, like, I'm like, I done made it through Navy, I can get through this too. Right, right, right. And I feel like, that, um, I mean, you got through those, uh, you know, challenges because you know, you have God in your life. And I just, uh, I know that you're a very religious person, man. Uh, I am too. But uh, I just remember we in a, uh, we was in a hotel. I think it was in Cincinnati, a hotel. We had a tournament. And I woke up. And, and I I think my, my perception on you changed when I woke up, when I woke up. And I saw you reading the Bible, man, uh, in the morning. Uh, right before our morning game, and I, and I just think, like, man, I, I gotta, you know, get on my shit, man, because that's real deep. Seeing, like, like seeing one of your brothers do that, man, you, you know, because your your parents and, and you know your parents teach you about about God, you know, my parents did, but to see you do it, uh, you practice it, and you wake up early in the morning, the first thing you do is read the Bible and say a prayer. That really uh, touched me, bro. Like seriously, and, and and I don't know if you know this, bro, but you you like really helped me out mentally with like just on how to approach the game and how to you know conduct myself through you know um, adversity and challenges throughout the game. Uh, so just. Describe what kind of role God has played in your life, man. I know it's been a huge role. I know uh, you and your family have always uh, had God in y'all's life, so that, and that's a great thing. Well, first of all, all glory to God for that because, I mean, you know, God will tell you to do things and you don't see the benefit of it right away, but you never know who's watching you. And, like, like for that instance, like, I didn't know that that was going to have an impact on your life doing that. I was just being obedient to what, you know, what I was supposed to do. Right, right. Now, you see how God works, that now you're touching other people just by being obedient. And so, but to answer your question about how God, you know, it's kind of impacted my life, my career, and all this stuff, it is what keeps me going. I will say that for sure, because there's some times where you can be, um, get stuck in a situation kind of like what I was saying in Navy like all of this stuff happened and mm-hmm. you kind of wonder like what's the point like what God what are you doing through all of this like right. but I know God didn't bring me this far and God didn't give me these dreams and this this talent for me to throw it all away so it's kind of like I know okay if I can just you know in, endure these trials that I'm going through now something good God got something good at the end this right exactly gotta push through it and trust that you know god is leading me to where i'm supposed to be and that all this stuff that i'm going through is just preparation and you know there's so many stories in the bible that kind of point to that and point to like god having to take people to back roads you know Mm -hmm. to take them to their promise because Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day if God gives you what you desire right now, it could be too much for you. And I know for me personally, like, there's a lot of stuff 
that I dream and I desire, but I know God gives to me right now. I'm not readily equipped to be able to handle that stuff right now. So God has to prepare me. And that's kind of what keeps me going is to like, okay, God, I know whatever you're doing is what's best for me. Even if I don't like it, even if, you know, I don't agree with what it is that I'm going through or that you're doing, I'm going to just stick to what you got going on because I know at the end of the day, you see what's going to happen further on down the line. Whereas, you know, I can only see what I see right now. They're talking about walking by faith and not by sight. And that's kind of what I I try to do. Now, I'm not going to say I'm perfect about it, but I just trust that, you know, God is in control of the whole thing. And God's going to work it all out. That's kind of... What the scripture I live by, honestly, I'll tell you, is Romans eight twenty eight. It's all things work together for the good of those that love God and called according to His purpose, and that's kind of what just keeps me mentally locked in to be obedient and to be consistent, so to speak. But thanks, man. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. All right. So, last question, I get you off on here. Uh, so, what's a what's a long term goal that you have for yourself? And that you want to achieve, man. I mean, honestly, it may not look like now, but my my personal long term goal was to get to the NBA somehow. Okay, I was I was that was. I wanted you to say that. I wanted you to say that. You're supposed to say something else, man. That was a test right there. There you go. My long term goal is get to the NBA, but it's also like I said, I gotta trust God to work it out. I ain't gonna be able to make it by myself, you know.